definitely human. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It is the spring of 1929, and at the furthest reaches of the world, five weary travellers have taken refuge in the meteorological station of Little Holkirk, a welcome shelter from the bitter winds and biting cold of Antarctica. Though they have vowed to destroy the powerful cult of an ancient and terrible evil, they are grateful for this respite from their mission. Having endured many hardships on the trail, including the loss of their companions aboard the quest, our heroes believe that they have earned this peaceful intermission. But they have barely scratched the surface of... The Infinite Bad! The Doom of Antarctica, Part 4 Dorothy is dreaming of Connecticut. It's hot, and the sea is glittering in the afternoon light. Sunbathers are strewn about under colourful umbrellas. She breathes in deep and presses her bare feet into the sand. This is home, or at least how she remembers it now. Out there, in the real world, Dorothy is burdened with the weight of all the evil she has encountered, and the thought of enjoying a moment such as this would seem frivolous and absurd. But here, in her dreams, Dorothy smiles and wishes she could stay a little longer. Dorothy, Dorothy, I can hear a scratching coming from inside the room. I think we should check it out. You can hear it too now, Dorothy, upon being prompted. I hear it as well, Troy. Um, do you think it's coming from the other room? I just, it got louder. I put my ear up to the door and I think I, I can hear it. It might be in there, I'm not sure. Do you think we should wake the others or... Uh, I don't know. Can I put my ear to the door and just see whether or not I can get any more sense? You can make a perception check, yeah. Yeah. Five. You can't make any more sense of it than, than Joy can at the moment. I'd like to... Uh... Like, see if I can find something to pick the lock um, around the room, if there's some something other than a bit of card that I tried last time. <laughs> Make an investigation <laughs> check. 
Seven? Uh, you can't really find anything within this room. You could try venturing into the bedroom. Okay. Yeah. What about something in my first aid kit? Is there anything, uh, like, like I've got needles. Does that... Are they it's... big, thick needles? I don't know if you could pick a lock with a needle. Mm. It would just snap, wouldn't it? You need yeah. something flexible. I would like to add advantage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See if I can sneak in and see if I can find keys or if not, something to pick the lock. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, still check. <gasps> Please. 15. Yep. Uh, you creep inside and mostly all the planks of the floor seem to be very well put together. None of them creak. The door swings open silently and you manage to bring it back down to being ajar on the other side. Now you're inside. It does smell awful in here. Um, John and Stuart are both fast asleep in their bedclothes and all the clothes that they were wearing are in a pile in between the two bunk beds. You can see inside this room, there are still quite a lot of clothes and you can see these two bunk beds and they're both sleeping on the bottom bunk. But even from your vantage point, you can see that the top two bunks have both been recently disturbed. And there was a fifth bed, a small cot set between the two bunk beds that is also unmade. So clearly there were at least three more people sleeping in this room. Um, Yeah, and you can see a variety of clothes, but you know which clothes they were just wearing. Okay, yeah, I'd like to check and see if the keys are in their clothes. Make an investigation check. 17. Great. Um, you feel through, uh, feeling the trouser pockets first, and indeed the first place you check, you do find a key. Does it look like it would fit? It does. Lock? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'd like to sneak out of there then. Yeah, you can do so without making a check. Uh, you know which floorboards to step on. And now you're back outside in the main room. Found the key, Dorothy. I found the key. Well done, Roy. Yes. All right. So should we wake the others at this point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's best. Okay. Cornelia. Cornelian Sebastian, you find yourselves gently being shaken away. I found the key to the other room. What key? What room? The key to the room, the one that I tried to lockpick earlier. I just snuck inside the guy's room and I found the key. To backtrack a little bit. Could you not sleep? To backtrack. Sorry, I heard I got woken up by a scratching noise and I think it's coming from the other room. Oh. Yes, so I found the key and I think we should investigate. Well done, Joy. I'm like staring at all of you with my service pistol out. <laughs> yes. Sebastian, Excellent. put that away. I don't think we need that quite what? yet. But... All right, of course, yes. <laughs> okay, uh, who is going to open the door? Me. Yeah, I definitely want to open the door. Yeah, great. Uh, you insert the key into the lock and it opens with a gentle and satisfying click. Inside, you see this seems to be some sort of office, maybe. Uh, John and Stuart seem to have set up a variety of scientific equipment in here. Uh, You can see some meteorological instruments that evade your understanding, as well as more meteorological charts, maps of the area, um, a variety of kind of of log books or record books uh, with multiple entries in them. You can see a map of what looks like this area of Antarctica, and you can see where you are precisely in relation to the rest of the Ross Sea. You can see a little dot for Little Hallkirk. Interestingly, you can also see just a little bit beyond that, that there is a small X that has been uh, drawn onto it, hand drawn onto it, uh, with a scroll alongside it that reads observation post. Uh, Besides this, you can see your rifles have been stored in here. Fantastic. 
Well, those liars. Yeah, it's not fantastic. Very bad, because this means they, yeah, as Dorothy said, they lied to us. They said they had them in the shed. Mm. Make investigation checks. That was what you could see at first glance in this room. 15. 3. 18. 19. Mm. Joy, you're on a roll. <laughs> um, you continue looking around, sure that the source of the scraping must be from within this room somehow. You can see there is a large store of tinned food beneath the desk on which all these papers and, and devices are arranged. But beneath that kind of pallet of tinned food, you can see a trapdoor. Mm. And it looks like this pallet of food might have been just shifted over the top of this trapdoor quite hastily to conceal it. And indeed, now you can hear the rhythmic scraping is at its loudest. <sighs> Well, guys, I think I've found where the scraping's coming from. There's a trap door here. What do we do? Is there something down there? Probably the dogs, I'd imagine. <laughs> Keeping them down there. That's what the food is for, for the dogs. I don't know, Sebastian. We know that they have lied to us. What if it's more teeth monsters? We must take a look. Yeah. I, I suppose so. we have all our weapons. Yeah. I'd be up for opening the trap door slowly if you all point your weapons down there. Just mm. in case, or you're ready for the showdown. Yes. Yes. All right. Ready for the pat down when all the dogs come out and we pat them. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. So, do you. Uh, I just remove the pallet. Yeah. Or remove the pallet. As quietly as possible. Okay. Whoever is doing it, make a scout check. Mm. I'll just oh. invigilate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it heavy enough to require more than one person? Uh, no, no. Okay, one okay yeah, I'm happy to. Yeah, go for it. Try. So, can I do it advantage of itself? Yes, and the rest of you make perception checks while Joy is doing that. Eighteen. Five. Four. Sixteen. So, Cornelia, you are busy invigilating Sebastian. Mm-hmm. You're looking around with your pistol. Uh, Joy, you managed to very stealthily uh, remove the pallet from the trap door. And uh, Dorothy, you notice while Joy is doing this that there are a few names that you take note of in the logbooks. Each of the observations, they seem just like normal meteorological observations, but you can't really make much out of them. But you do see that there are names associated with them. You see John's name, you see Stuart's name. You also see three more names. There is Harvey, Duncan and Tom. Um, I don't know if this is a bit unnecessary, but should we lock the door after us in case the two wake up and they sort of charge in behind us when we're not looking? I don't know, just a thought. I think we should close the door and maybe not lock it. Because what if we need to escape? Okay. Cornelia, can you close the door? Yes. I closed the door behind us. I'm going to stand near it. Mm-hmm. So that we can make it. Yeah, just don't want to be... Yeah. So the trap door leads into really a... a what looks like a crawl space tunnel going straight down. There's a little ladder uh, made of iron. Who's going to go down? It's definitely one at a time. Well, it's really small. <laughs> I can't like shine a torch down there and see like a, the lamp and see if I can see anything. I don't. Yeah, you can see. Scraping. I don't want to just jump in there. Yep. As soon as you open the trap door, you can hear scraping sound. Right. You can also hear what sounds like a really awful bubbling, wheezing sound. And you shine your lantern, but it seems like the, the crawl space goes down maybe seven, eight feet, not even ten feet, um, and then proceeds into whatever some sort of basement that might have been built under this cabin. Hello? Is there anybody down there? Hey, boy. 
covering all up. Good thinking, Joy. Dogs love that. (laughs) The scraping sound uh, intensifies, but doesn't move. They're probably in cages. I hold out my hand for the lamp. You're willing to go down there first? I mean, obviously I'm going down there okay. first. Okay, Sebastian. I've, I have, like, dread in real life, so I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, the amount of times we do this. At least there's a ladder this time. Yeah. <laughs> I climb down. Okay, uh, with your lamp in one hand. Do you have to put your service pistol away mm-hmm. for now? Yes, I do. So as you start to near the source of this scraping sound, this awful sound that accompanies it, this gentle but disgusting, bubbling, liquid, wheezing sound also intensifies. You reach the bottom of the passage and now you are face to face with this small basement area. And as you shine your lamp around to get the measure of what what this space contains, the first thing you notice are several other pallets that seem to be empty. And then a pathetic sight comes into view. It is a man, or what remains of one, pale and gaunt and uncomfortably splayed in one corner of this cold underchamber. You can see that one of his legs is missing, the bloody stump tied off but still caked with congealed blood. The bandages seem almost unreasonably tight, and you can see bone poking through them. Even through his rank and matted beard, you can see that between his crusted, bleeding lips his tongue has been removed. His clear blue eyes stare up at you as he makes incoherent and agonised gurgles. This is the wheezing sound, and you can see that weakly he was scraping his nails against the wall, and that was what was making this scraping sound. Uh, You can see a trail of blood that leads from where he has collapsed in the corner of this underchamber, leading to the other side of the basement chamber where there is a door, a basement door, that basically leads back up to the surface level with a very short flight of stairs. Okay. Make a wisdom check. 18. You gain only 10 dread at this horrific sight. This is truly a man in in a deep state of suffering, and as he makes these mute sounds of distress, these kind of agonized, and he grows more excited at the sight of of humans that might help him. And he kind of starts to raise his gaunt and emaciated arm, but he can barely even raise it to shoulder height. I look up to the rest of you. Um, I think perhaps you should all take your weapons out. John and Stuart are not quite the friendly sort that we thought they were, so just, just... be on guard. Should we lock the door? Lock, lock the door, yes. Lock okay. the door. No, I lock the door. Okay. Okay. Uh, I walk towards this man. Sebastian, what do you see? Um, I'm not in any danger, so perhaps... You should I come down? Perhaps one of you should come down, but I certainly think some of you should stay up there and just guard the door, really, and just make sure that John and Stuart don't, uh, don't wake up or come in. Is there anyone down there? There is someone down here, yes. Do, do they need help? They do, they do. It does seem they, they do need help. It would be good if Dorothy, you oh came God. down. Dorothy, you go down. I'll stay with Cornelia. Right away. I have my first aid kit with me, right? Yep. Uh, Dorothy, you hustle down the ladder uh, and make a wisdom check because Sebastian's description hasn't really prepared you for this. <laughs> 18. 18. Okay. Uh, you manage to, to keep your kind of your medical frame of mind on and all you see is a set of problems to be solved. <laughs> um, you step towards this this poor man and immediately instinctively kneel beside him and start to assess 
make a medicine check. Sebastian, what are you doing in the meanwhile? Uh, I'm looking around the wound. Okay, sure you make an investigation check then, Sebastian. 16. Uh, so you are able to tell from an immediate medical inspection that uh, although his tongue has been cut out, it looks like part of his tongue has grown back. Uh, and it's not it's not all completely regrown yet, but there is almost like a vestigial stump of a tongue, um, like a primordial stub of what what might become a tongue over time. But that's very odd to you for a number of reasons. Tongues wouldn't even regrow in that span of time. So you find that quite strange. I want to step forward and kneel down to Dorothy. Allow me. And I take oh, the tongue. Oh, no. Is this your tongue? He looks at it and then he starts groaning in kind of, well, you can't tell what emotion it is, but it's clearly an agonized and uh, very distressed emotion. Uh, and he start, he, he, he just stares at it wide-eyed, just... <laughs> but he's not able to say or do anything much more than that. Thank uh, you, Sebastian. Could you just um, maybe give us some face, please? <laughs> Absolutely. Sebastian, were you investigating the rest of the room, by the way? Yeah, I got a seven. A seven, okay. So uh, what you do manage to find are two tibia bones, shin bones, Mm -hmm. both human. Um, You also see laid out in the open uh, about a dozen strips, long strips of dried flesh. They're laid on the pallets that you thought were empty when you first came into the room. Like human flesh. Uh, do you want to have a look, Dorothy? What am I? Am I able to do anything for this man? Uh, yeah, you can have a look at his uh, stump, his leg stump. Mm. It is very odd to you that the bone is poking out. But as you do, you want to unwrap it? Yes, I think I probably do. Okay, uh, the gauze and bandages are, are absolutely soaked through with blood that is now congealed. But as you unwrap it, you're shocked to realize that it looks like the wound is completely healed. And not only that. It, it almost looks like the leg has been severed at the knee, but has begun to grow back. Dorothy, I think they might be eating this man. Can I help him at all? I think I just want to focus on getting him some medical attention. You have no idea, because you have no idea what's going on with his body, you, were, you, you could have tried to cauterize the wound or disinfect it or close it off. But because it's fully sealed and it looks like it's healing, not not visibly, but clearly it's healing much faster than it should be. You're not really sure how to approach this. Can I ask if he's in pain? Uh, yeah, you ask if he's in pain and he groans extremely loudly. Uh, Cornelia and Joy, you're starting to get worried at how loud the groans are. Okay. The trapdoor is open still. All right. Um, so the groans are, are relatively loud in your room. Can I, can I give him something for his pain? Yeah, yeah, you've got something in your first aid kit. You've got yeah. some opiates that you can yeah. inject him with yeah. make a medicine check advantage that's a good question that's a good question yeah. uh, that? yes uh, his lips are cracked and bleeding and crusted he's uh, at the very least dehydrated probably also starving okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him some water I'm going to administer some painkillers but not enough to knock him out and I'm going to ask if he is to nod if he is Harvey Duncan or Tom okay make a medicine check for the painkillers Nine. Okay, uh, he starts to get groggy as you inject him with the opiates, but he stays he stays awake enough for you to uh, list the names. 
Who do you list first? Harvey. He he starts nodding very weakly, going, oh, oh. Okay. And then I, I'm just going to stop then. Okay. I'm not going to ask. Yeah. He's dunking her tongue. Okay, so I'm going to inspect the bones as well. Okay, make an investigation check. 18. Not only do you have a look at the bones, and and you are able to see from looking at the bones that they are exactly the same size, they are the same side, they're both his left tibia, and they look like they both came from this man. Additionally, you see that there are three bottles uh, in a corner of the room which contain a weak yellow substance. One of them is half empty. Joy and Cornelia make perception checks. Fifteen. Fifteen. Both of you hear at the same time whispering coming from the bedroom. The snoring has now stopped. I was just about to check if they were still snoring. Could you go downstairs and check if there are any other exits and make sure that the exits are ready for us to run out? Are we just going to leave John Celine behind? Oh, yeah, what's up with him? <laughs> 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 we didn't even think to wake him. Um, I forget that we had we had him with us. Mm, I mean, he's not he's not very helpful, let's be honest. Oh, he's here because we misled him about the nature of our journey. We did not mislead him at all. You made it quite clear why we came on this mission, no? Extremely clear. Yes. I feel a little bit responsible for him, personally. I don't know that we should leave him in that room. We've gone past the point of no return if they are awake and whispering. Cornelia, you listen at the door and see if you can hear what they're saying. I'm going to nip down, check with the guys if there's any other exits. Let's plan our escape. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I listen at the door. I want to just go down, check with these guys, check the exit, and then come back up and ready to... Make an investigation check, uh, Joy, to check the exits downstairs, and make a perception check. Is that advantage or not? No, not an advantage. (laughs) Twenty. Six. (laughs) (laughs) okay uh cornelia all you can make out from their whispering is the word now 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 (gasps) they are saying more than that but that's one word that you can make out from the cadence of it joy you rush downstairs uh look around and (laughs) you're so focused that even looking at harvey's body it doesn't really even register with you (laughs) you see it you move on you're searching for exits. You can immediately see that there is this basement door that leads back up to the surface level. And you can tell from the uh, configuration of the room that it will lead to the surface level near to the um, the shed where they said the dogs were. Right. You can see that there is uh, a bloody trail that leads to Harvey's body now. Um, and that he, you surmise that he must have been the one who was pounding at the doors and he crawled back in here. So you can tell that the door is not locked, it's open. You can just go out right now if you okay. want to. Okay. You stay here. I'll go up, uh, back up. I'll get John Saleem and I'll make sure Mrs. Cavendish is all right. John and Stuart are awake. They are whispering. They are about to come in. We've obviously got the door locked, but I don't know if we can get John Saleem. We are going to get John Saleem, Joy. I will do that now. Uh, Cornelia, you hear a stirring in the central room. And then you hear Jean Celine wake up, you hear him look around, and you hear him start to panic, and he say, Cornelia! Oh, Sebastian, where have you gone? Oh! Um, so now everyone is, is hearing that. Uh, Harvey begins trembling. 
What does everyone want to do? I'm bounding up to John Celine. Okay, Cornelia, you're in the office room. Mm. You can see Sebastian is kind of climbing up into the room and making his way from underneath the, the desk. You have the But you have first action if you want to do anything. Head. What we can do is, uh, if they're on the other side of a door, I can open the door and you barrel through it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. And then, and then what would stuff. you like? You're going to come back in through here yeah. or going out the other way? Yeah, yeah. And then you close it. You just pick him up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So uh, Cornelia, make a dexterity check to pull off this this maneuver. Okay. <laughs> and you too, Sebastian. Seventeen. Two. <laughs> oh my god. So the door's open. <laughs> right? Okay. So uh, Cornelia, you managed to swing the door open. Uh, just as you were estimating, Sebastian would be bounding out the trapdoor and through the open door. However, Sebastian, the, the trapdoor is above this desk, so you hit your head on the desk, ah! and you kind of, and yeah, and you cry out in pain and go back down a couple of rungs on the ladder, and then slowly, gingerly make your way out while Cornelia kind of holds the door open and, and motions for you to go inside. Um, at this point, Sebastian, you can see. Uh, you've lost the element of surprise, sadly. John and Stuart are standing at the other end of this central room in the in the doorway to their bedroom, looking at you. They look around. They're starting to assess what has happened, what you've seen, what you may not have seen, and they immediately go to take out their pistols. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jean Celine is uh, raving. He's going, help, help! Uh, I'm going to aim my service pistol at John first. Roll for initiative. Mm-hmm. Yes, you as well, Cornelia. Eleven. Three. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, uh, Cornelia, you first. What would you like to do? jean Celine, over here, quickly, okay. before they catch you. Uh, jean Celine reacts re- surprisingly quickly, uh, manages to go before you, Sebastian, and before John and Stuart, and he starts racing towards the door. Um, <laughs> he bumps into you, Sebastian, just as you're taking out your service pistol. Uh, you go before John and Stuart, but if you make an attack, you'll do it at a disadvantage because John Selim has kind of barreled into you in his haste to leave the room. All right. Well, um, at the very least, I can create a distraction, right? Yes. <laughs> Give them a chance to get away. 17. 17. Great. Okay, that's a hit. Uh, roll for damage. Who are you shooting, John or Stuart? John. John. Seven. Okay, so your bullet hits John right in the chest and he stumbles back and looks down at his chest and then falls to one knee. Uh, Stuart looks down at John and then looks over at you and then slowly John gets back up to his feet um, and you see something, some sort of quivering in his chest and then the bullet drops out of his chest. No. Both of them stand side by side once more, looking blankly at you, Sebastian. And there's almost a sense of regret in their shoulders. But any any questions you might have had about why they, they, they're looking at you so nonchalantly vanish when you begin to hear them cough. And this gurgling cough that presages a transformation. In unison, the two meteorologists' bodies begin to distort. Their throats dilate and their chests bulge. And then their rib cages crack open, splaying the bones like outstretched fingers as a writhing nest of arms sprouts from inside, some spindly while others are hairy and muscled, 
all glistening with mucus and viscera. John and Stuart both fall forward into what amounts to a horrific mockery of brachiation, slumping rapidly towards you, hundreds of fingers outstretched. I say, ah, damn. Joy's head pounds as she focuses all her remaining energy on the task at hand. There will be time to process the exact details of this basement later. The mutilated man, the blood, the bones, the strips of meat, all of these horrors will be stored away in the back of Joy's mind to resurface as night terrors at some later date. In this moment in time, only one thing matters, escape. But for all her pragmatism and self-discipline, Joy cannot stop herself from jumping at the sound of Sebastian's gunshot. Her eyes lock with Dorothy's, and they gaze at one another in sudden terror as the sounds of ripping flesh from the floor above fill the room. And then come the screams. You've been listening to The Doom of Antarctica, written by Giorgio Mariani and produced and edited by David Knight and Tom Dalling, with music by Jonathan Day. Starring Eleanor Kohler as Dorothy Taylor, Maximilian John as Cornelia Cavendish, David Knight as Sebastian St. Battenberg, and Charlie May as Joy Dutton Cavendish. I am Giorgio Mariani, Game Master. You can follow us on Twitter at The Infinite Bad and support the production of this series on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash definitely human. The Infinite Bad is a definitely human production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.